Welcome to GB Mag Chats, where we answer the real questions international students have about living and studying in the UK. I'm not Sophie. <laughs> I'm Carrie Morrison, your host for today. And today we have Mike, who is a careers coach who specialises in supporting international students to help with how to get a job in the UK. So hello, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell the people about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Hi, Carrie, not Sophie. Good to hear you. No one would have known. Um, Yeah, so my name is Michael Mutia. I am the founder of Job Ready English. We help international students find jobs in the UK. And I have been talking to and helping international students since 2013. Our, uh, gosh, I think our products and digital assets and whatnot have been um, viewed or consumed uh, a couple of hundred thousand times last year. So, uh, yeah, hopefully I know what I'm talking about, maybe. I, I definitely think so. I saw your YouTube channel, um, Job Ready English, um, and that was really great. A wealth of information there that I really liked. So, yeah, let's get talking. So you want a job. That's great. Where where do you suggest uh, people should get started? Uh, what kind of resources and things like that? Yeah, so there's a... Finding a job as an international student in the UK is quite a curious thing uh, because you come to university, the university is like, welcome, um, would you like a degree? And you're like, absolutely. And then and then you say to them, I'd also like a job. They're like, oh, no, well, we just do degrees, actually. Mm. Um, you'll have to find that somewhere else. So the probably the best digital resource that's available at the minute is Student Circus. There are a couple of other sites that you can use. So we have a free web app, which is called SponsorTier2.com. There are about 30,000 plus what we call Tier 2 or Skilled Worker Sponsors. That's kind of useful in the way of saying there are many, there are 30,000 flavours of ice cream. Which flavour would you like? But you can only have one scoop. Um, So I would say the best way to start for any student who's thinking about getting a job is First of all, to be quite selective, um, it's a good a good place to start. It's kind of think, what do I actually want to do? Um, to write out a list of companies, you can then use either government tier two and five sponsorship list. You could use our web app, sponsortier2.com, which is free. And just kind of go, well, the first thing I need to know is um, I want to work at Fred's Cake Shop because cakes are amazing. Um, but I need to find out if they sponsor. Once you find out if they sponsor, so kind of step one complete, and then you can sort of engage into the, you know, writing a CV, cover letter application and all that jazz. So first step is really, you know, make a list of companies, I would say 50, which sounds outrageous, but it gets you to think outside the box and be a little bit more creative and sort of push yourself. And then you can start to figure out, well, do they, can they even give me a visa? And then move on, move on from that to figure out, or do they have any jobs that I even want to do? With the visa process, do you have to do that aspect first, or do you, or is it like get the job and then the visa comes in afterwards? What's the process like? The way that it works is that you have these companies who can sponsor students, um, and they have something which they apply for, which is called a certificate of sponsorship, which is like a little digital uh, sort of digital ticket, as it were. And these certificates of sponsorship are linked to particular jobs. Um, they can only be given once a candidate has been through the whole process. So you've been through the whole process, you've been offered the job in principle, and then they'll say on the job contract, they'll say, well, this job contract is is true 
it, we will honor this, but we also need to process your visa. So the visa sponsorship happens at the end, not the start. Okay. And then where do you go to apply for this visa? So what would generally happen is um, you need to go through, there's a bit of paperwork for you to fill out. Um, you would then go to um, a visa center. So there's a couple across the country where you'd go and have your appointment. This is where they can see your documents like your transcripts, your passport, and so on and so forth, and any additional information. Um, it depends on the company. If it's a big company, they'll kind of do it all for you. They won't go there for you, but they'll process the application for you. If it's a smaller company, then they may ask you to do it yourself. Um, then you would then uh, travel there, uh, travel to the visa center, have an appointment, and then that process afterwards will probably take about four to six weeks to process your skilled worker visa. And of course, it, it just depends upon timings and um, other pressures on the home office at that time. Do you have any recommendations of whether to go for a bigger company or a smaller company whilst you're studying? What we explain about jobs is it's about the law of supply and demand, right? So ultimately, a larger company has more resources and more positions and is more likely to sponsor an international student because they have the money to do so. Um, on average, the sponsorship process adds anywhere between 1500 to £3,000 to the bottom line for an employer. So it is a significant investment. could be even more if they also choose to cover the immigration health surcharge. Um, it's not that a smaller company can't sponsor or doesn't even want to. It's whether they have the resources and the capacity to do so. So... Generally, we tend to we tend to guide students towards the Times Top 100 graduate companies. These are companies with phenomenal resources. They're going to have, you know, hundreds, if not maybe, if you're say a PwC, up to 1,500 graduate roles per year. Yes, it is more competitive, but then it's a question of geography. So I think as a starting point, bigger is better. If we if we were kind of thinking about it in the sense that we don't know, really know anything about the company and the process, just statistically, what's more likely, bigger companies are more likely to be able to afford those opportunities. Could it be a factor of if you did find a job within a smaller company and, and you're going through the interview process, it, would it be important to mention that visa process so then you're not worrying once you get the job or what if I don't get the visa and then I have to decline the job? Yeah, I mean, I think you want to get out, get that out of the gate pretty quickly. Same for a small employer. That's often why we say if you're an international student, and you're being contacted by recruitment consultants through LinkedIn, for example. Um, one of the first questions I always say is you need to ask them if the company will sponsor you. But yeah, you want to get that out there pretty quickly. Plus, you can look yourself. You can see if they're on the sponsorship list and you can ask the question, you know, look, do you understand? Even if I am on the graduate route, I'm going to have two years after I after I graduate to to work for any company. That eventually you will need to sponsor me. Is that something that you can do? Because if they say no, then you can move on. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about um, graduate companies. Um, we also wanted to talk a little bit about graduate pr training programs. So, could you would you be able to say what? these programs are and where are these available and the process for that yeah it really depends upon the industry so for example if you went to work for a professional services company like you know pwc deloitte kpmg y and such like most of the graduate training programs are going to be three years long 
Um, why? Because that's the length of the professional qualification. So whether that be ACA, CTA, um, for banks that might be shorter, it might be two years. For Accenture, um, which is more of a technology consulting company. And where was it? would it just be a factor of going online, doing research on the company to see if they offer these training schemes? Yeah, generally, it really, again, it depends upon the companies. Um, some companies provide a lot of information. Some companies provide not so much. And it is understandable from a student's point of view, the frustration that they can feel because they go, well, no one, no one really tells us anything. Um, unfortunately, that's the kind of the, the midpoint that they find themselves in between um, a university and uh, an employer. When you're talking with students um, as a potential client or looking to you for advice, what are some other issues or, or worries that they have when trying to find jobs? So there's a couple, am I too late? If you're asking, the answer is probably yes. Um, <laughs> but you've only got today. <laughs> so like, am I too late? It's just like, well, I mean, what are you going to do about it? So anybody who's listening to this um, and it's not, say, August, September, are going to be kind of thinking like, oh my God, am I too late to get a job? The, 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 the real the real way to look at it is to think, what can I do today to increase my opportunities of success in a systematic way? For the few students who genuinely come to us who are very frustrated, some of them, it's just bad luck. It's a very frustrating process for students because you keep smashing your head against a brick wall. And the big problem for those students who are like, actually, I am trying. I'm not lazy. I work really, really hard. I'm not getting anywhere. And this is this is driving me mental. Um, they don't get feedback. So they just get told no. And they go, why? And go, I haven't got time for this. Next. And that can be immensely frustrating. And it's quite suitable for us or for a variety of other services to sit down with somebody one-to-one -one and go, actually, this is this is what we believe is wrong. This is what we think that you can improve and the step-by-step -step process to do that. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, as someone, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an international student, but when I'm going through the job process and having people being like, we're not going to give feedback to anybody. It's like, well, then how, how can, how can I possibly like improve and find a job elsewhere if I'm, if I'm not getting that, that input from people. When there are, you get these students that are really frustrated that they're feeling it's almost abandoned or like they feel like they're doing all the right things what would be sort of some key tips or like mental health tips to kind of keep that motivation going yeah I think it's great that you raised um mental health first of all like burnout is symptomatic of or this feeling of kind of uselessness or emptiness um first of all it's you know, I once had a student call me and he said, I've applied for 3,000 jobs. God. Right. And I said to him, well, didn't, you, didn't it occur to you when you'd applied for 1,000 that maybe the, what you were doing wasn't working? And he was like, oh. So if what you're doing doesn't work, stop doing it. There's no point, like, um, we talk about it in our Seven Steps to Get Hired ebook. One click applying on Indeed and LinkedIn doesn't work just doesn't work it's just this kind of um horrible hamster wheel of job scrolling like click 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 it gives us this feeling of 
having accomplished something when realistically you would be better off taking the time to put together two or three really good applications. Um, so number one, if what you're doing isn't working and you've tried it for a sustained period of time, say a couple of weeks, stop. It's important to recognize, for example, you want to be systematic. So if you're applying, um, make a note of that. Like if your CV doesn't work, get someone to check it. If your cover letters aren't being read, get someone to check it. I think coming, just, just wrapping up a conversation a little bit, we normally do at the end of our conversations, we have our do's and don'ts of like anything we can take from this conversation or for something you feel like you haven't mentioned yet. Um, what would like, what would be your suggested do's and don'ts for people that are listening? Do realise it's a marathon and not a sprint. Do yeah. recognise that quality beats quantity. Do your research. Don't leave it until, you know, the degree's over, everything's done and dusted, because often by then it can be a little bit too late. Thank you so much, Mike. This has been such a wonderful and hopefully useful conversation for people who are listening. Where can people find you on the on the Internet? Yeah, so pretty much if you just type in Job Ready English, you can find us all over the Internet. Um, you go to jobreadyenglish.com. Uh, you can probably find the majority of our resources that we have over 250 videos on our YouTube channel, which is called Job Ready English. And I think we're everywhere else. I think now the team has made us like, I think now we're on TikTok, Instagram, I don't know, Backfart, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever the kids, whatever the kids are using these days. Um, so yeah, lies on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think principally, if you if you really want to get some value out of out what we have and get that value for free, come find us on YouTube, uh, Job Ready English. Hashtag um, like and subscribe. <laughs> Thank you so much. So hello, welcome back to GB Mag. We are here with Enna to talk about um, her experience with finding a job. She is a student ambassador from Canterbury University. Uh, Enna, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and what 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 a student ambassador from Canterbury University involves? Thank you. So yes, I'm Enna. I'm Enna um, Begovic. I'm from Croatia. I've been living in England from th- for three and a half years now. I finished my BA in drama at Canterbury Christchurch University and um, I was a student ambassador during my education but uh, now I'm um, international alumni ambassador because I'm now alumni of the Canterbury Christchurch University. Fabulous that's really great to hear. When you're supporting international students what are some uh, common issues that they have um, might be whilst trying to find a job or or it could be anything else really. So I do get a lot of questions um, about the jobs as well and um, uh, sort of uh, oh um, I don't know sometimes people who are not yet in England they ask um, uh, how are how are they going to make money because uh, some of them are concerned that um, they are not really having a lot of a lot of opportunities financially and then they are worried if they'll be able to actually cover their costs uh, so then i usually kind of say to them what are the options and maybe i i also uh point to maybe what websites to look and where to search additionally but yeah people do ask a lot of questions um 
about uh, kind of finding the job and how to balance uh, the student life and working as well. So there, sometimes they are not sure if they'll have enough time to actually work as well on the side, which, yeah, I believe it's mainly possible. Depends, obviously, on what course someone is doing. What are those resources that you tend to point uh, students towards when they want to try and find a job during their studies or potentially after mm-hmm. they, after they graduate? So far that I was looking at... Um, English universities, most of them have some kind of career zone or kind of job center attached to university. So especially, obviously, knowing um, uh, the place that I studied at, I usually first um, tell them that university offers in most cases. So I'm now trying to be more general to cover different universities, but most universities do have option of getting a job uh, within university, which I personally did as well. Uh, That was one of my first uh, job opportunities to find a job within uni, because this is not the case in in a lot of European countries. Uh, uh, For example, uh, in my own country, I was a student then and I never heard of any job opportunity that I could get from the uni. So for me, um, someone from coming from the Europe, I was really delighted that there is opportunity to work at uni. So you study there, but they also provide a job for you. So I, I usually recommend checking the university job opportunities first, if someone is interested in that. Um, and then it depends on the local area. It's, it's uh, for, for certain jobs, it's even worth going in person if you're already there and seeing uh, what maybe shops are available to, to work as a part-time side job. So you can even introduce yourself and bring your printed CV, uh, which is now less uh, common because everything is more digital, but it's still possible and still works for some places. And then, of course, there are online, a lot of other sources such as um, Indeed, but which everyone knows, but it's very good platform for jobs. Then specifically for arts, there are art, art jobs uh, website. Then also there is a website that I only recently discovered, studentjob.co.uk. Um, so there are some student jobs there. And there are some agencies as well. So you can also search, um, search job agencies and these agencies if you sign up with them then they will actually find a job for you and offer you different opportunities and you can accept them or decline so that that will be more of a freelancing in a way i also mentioned like different kind of uh, building on your current education maybe taking extra training or whatever you might find more beneficial to work and to make you more employable, whether it's extra training or maybe a placement, internship, um, volunteering even. So if you if you're not if you need to build on your experience first, then I would also recommend these things before actually applying. If or if or if applications are not going well, then maybe a person needs to get more experience, more work experience or more training in in some fields. You were talking about when you found your your job at the university. Was that was that almost 
it just instinctually felt right for you to work at the uni or was there I guess I would sort of want to know what your job search was like whilst you were at uni or after uni and how mm-hmm. how you found it my first job was actually not with the uni my first job I got it before I actually arrived to England I set it up online so this is something that people rarely do but I want to put it there because if someone is listening who's not in England yet and wants to come basically while I was still in Croatia and I got offer with university, I searched uh, au pair website, au pair world. Um, that's uh, basically being a nanny in someone's family because um, I noticed that uh, the cost of living in Croatia and England is very different. And this is going to be case for some other countries as well. So for me to kind of uh, overcome this gap for the first year, I found a family that I uh, met uh, online and we had the arrangement that I'll arrive and uh, be a babysitter, well, a nanny, living in. So through my first year, I was a student and uh, a nanny, living in a nanny. Uh, but when I could, because some of the open days of universities, I also worked as a student ambassador. Uh, so for me, basically, while being au pair covered all my costs, I, I was still happy to be open for other op- possibilities. And working at university was something that when I heard of it, was something that I immediately wanted to do. Because as I mentioned, I never had this opportunity in my country. And I thought that's quite how it's supposed to be in my in my uh, ideal kind of understanding of education that's you know you are getting educated but also universities helping you to be more employable in fact it's giving you a job opportunity and my first job opportunity at uni was to represent my own course at the open days and that because I was so happy and it was for me like really new world of studying in England and I really loved my course then I was more than happy to work on open days and talk about my course to people. And also I like to talk to people. And I got this job very soon. Uh, maybe I was just at uni sort of two months, two and a half. And I wasn't, I was a bit worried before my first shift. I was thinking, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't been here so long. And now I have to tell people what is it like. Am I going to be good? So I had these questions. But actually, once I, I started, I was I was really on it. And I just obviously checked the modules that are going through whole years. Um, I, I checked all the information that I need to know that I maybe didn't know. I learned more about my own course. But the most important thing was really to that they can actually see the student who is there and how happy they are in in my case uh, so that's what what was also made me feel more relaxed and more confident in this kind of work I mean you just talking about how happy you were doing it it's your enthusiasm is infectious it's really it's really lovely to hear um <laughs> I guess something that might be a concern for international students doing the course and having a job as well is like, how did you find balancing studying and 
being an au pair or being a representative of your cause was it stressful or were you able to have time have appropriate time management actually so through my three years this is why i'm also sharing um, while i'm here because i i got quite different experiences i think it's very important to be flexible it's not always easy because um and like sometimes we all get stressed and uh, that makes us more rigid but if you are if you can be in some kind of relaxed state as much as you can and if you are motivated then it's easier to balance all these things and uh, even though i i had some better years than some worse it still can vary in my case it's not like i mastered it but um but um, I would say the mindset is really the strongest part. So because in my first year, when I was au pair, I actually worked the most in my first year. And I felt least tired because it was my first year. And I, I was just so enthusiastic and so grateful and you know happy about it. Um, it's also part of the culture shock to go through these phases. And then obviously second and third year, I was a bit more realistic. And then it's also balancing the reality of, of uh, facing the difficulties um, and, uh, and also the, the kind of more positive side of actually being in education and being happy that you have this opportunity. The key was that it, it was in a way fulfilling and it was... I was just really happy that I, I arrived in England and I'm now being productive. Also, it stopped me from thinking, oh, I missed home or whatever. I didn't miss anything in first year because I was just involved in work. The second year, I stopped being a, a nanny. So I moved um, to in the shared accommodation. I had to start paying rent. And then I, I started doing different jobs. Uh, but I had one stable job, which was... Um, in a sort of a, like a coffee shop um, and pastry, um, pastries and coffee shop. Um, so that was my my side job with, again, uh, working as a, as a subject ambassador and also school and college engagement ambassador, which is um, another type of student ambassador, but uh, more going to the schools, doing some online work as well. I even did the sort of mock interviews with students sort of I would be pre uh, pretending to be there uh, someone who is employing and asking them questions why do they want this job um, what are their experiences so they so I was the one who was uh, part of the training for younger uh, students as well and in my third year um, because I, I always uh, was passionate about health I was thinking hmm I could I could really give a go with finding some some work that could involve exercising because I like exercising I like dance um, and this is completely outside of the university sort of uh, options I just looked what's around and I have seen this ladies only gym um, and I was like I mean I know that maybe you know maybe i'm supposed to have all of these british qualifications but i will try because uh, this is not a franchise this is one single uh, ladies only gym um 
so maybe they are looking more specifically with someone who is really passionate about this and they also have some experience, but maybe they're not so restricted on all, all the qualifications because at that point I didn't hold uh, some British qualifications. Um, and I decided to give a go. And I was invited for an interview. And uh, before the interview, I was, I'm, and at that point I was really uh, working out. This was also between the lockdowns. So during the lockdown, I worked out a lot. So I was really ready for this job interview, probably more ready than some PTs because I was really on it. Even though I didn't have paper that says I am PT, but, that, but physically, mentally, I was there. So I arrived for this interview and uh, I, I did have experience in, in exercises and workouts and leading dance classes. And... I just, you sort of pitch yourself and I got this job in the ladies only gym and that was really brilliant job for my last year. I only worked weekends and covering some, um, some holidays from my colleagues, but that was pretty much enough because that was, you know, it also depends slowly how you make progress. You get some more paid or less paid work. So maybe you might start at less paid work and then, grow into some other better opportunities and also in my third year I become international ambassador which was again progress from starting as a subject ambassador school and college engagement ambassador into international uh, ambassador which was sort of covering a bit more and it was actually closer to my interest specifically because that's how I came to England thanks to the international ambassador that they, that university sends to my country. And I talked to this person and they represented the university well. And I did think back then that this is also part of it, why I wanted to work for uni. I did think when, when I met this person, wow, you know, I would love to inspire other people to study like, like this person. Uh, and it seems like a great uni. So that's how... So how I arrived and how I also uh, got so far, um, how I also made the progress in being um, a student ambassador and alumni ambassador. So representing university because that, that person inspired me and I, I managed to do similar thing as well. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for sharing us with us your journey. That was really, I'm sure, I'm sure lots of people listening will find that really helpful. Um, coming back to your first year when you were an au pair, um, I was just thinking, was your course, because when I did my bachelor's, the first year didn't count towards the final result. So long as you passed, it was fine. Was that the same for your mm -hmm. course? I just wanted to check. Yes, but I never actually considered that like that didn't mean anything to me you know like I'm yeah. like I'm on this I want to have best marks <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I was no I was just thinking like it, the first year is a really good opportunity for firstly to find you might find your first job there and then you learn from that and know what you can manage and what sort of schedule that you want to have alongside whilst you study and I think having yeah. that in having that first year obviously don't flunk your first year <laughs> and like do try <laughs> but I think having that opportunity to get used to the to the to job patterns you might be interested in or the kind of jobs that you like doing um I think is really 
important I, d- I don't know what you think about that yes I'm actually quite happy that you you mentioned that because that's one more difference difference uh, different thing than maybe in some other universities in in Europe I think it can be helpful for some people who who might be like really struggling to to kind of adapt to to new country it's really good thing to actually uh have in mind because you might as well use the opportunity that it's a bit less pressure um and whatever person kind of takes from it if it's if it allows you then maybe to to be more relaxed and um slowly like starts adapting to to uni to, to uni lifestyle to work lifestyle i think that's great uh but yeah in my case i was more like uh taking it okay my first year is like how i land this like how i start this is the basis so i i really want to do very well but it's i could have probably have have even less pressure if i look back you know so i would oh that's what i would say to people that maybe yeah because to maybe still have that in mind that this first year obviously do, do check that it is in at, at every uni the case that uh, it doesn't count towards your final grade um, but if that's the case then yeah you might as well make the most of it I, I think <laughs> yeah 100% just coming to the end of our chat um, uh, we usually wrap up our episode with what are our do's and don'ts that you think people can take away from our chat or outside of the chat if you feel it's valuable yeah never assume never send just few applications and then complain I didn't find a job do send and do persist uh, so yeah never just never give up on it yeah amazing uh, well thank you so much Anna for joining us uh where, where can people find you in in the in the digital world um I'm assuming <laughs> not in I'm, I'm assuming not in the physical world you don't want people like following you literally so <laughs> no no <laughs> not at all um well, this is an opportunity to mention one more platform uh, that yes, I didn't mention before I was thinking if it will come up about talk about it, but we didn't. Uh, LinkedIn as well is for work uh, connections. So this is especially for someone who is uh, if if they're if they're interested in any work collaborations, then it's on LinkedIn, and uh, Begovitz or Instagram. I have Instagram name. I mean, you will you can search by my name and surname or E N A B E L L twenty one. So Annabelle. 21 um that's my insta name (laughs) so yeah these are these are two um kind of linkedin and uh instagram that are the easiest platforms to connect with (laughs) fabulous well thank you so much for joining us edda and thank you everyone for listening and we shall catch you next time